we just thank you. God, we just thank you this morning.
no one like him. There's no one like you, Jesus. We worship you, King of kings and Lord of lords. Yahweh, the one that we adore, El Shaddai, Adonai. We lift you up in this house this morning. We worship you in our dance and our praise with our song and with our instruments, Father. And we love you and we thank you, Jesus. And there is none like you, Jesus. Oh, there's no one like you. Oh, there's no one like you, Jesus. Oh, oh. You shatter rocks with a whisper. You hang the stars in your hand. Your word is infinite wisdom.
I love this song when it says, take me into your throne room. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of my son who's up here, who's six years old. And uh, it reminds me of how he busts into my room anytime he wants. Right? He busts into my room anytime he wants. Because he knows he's my son. He knows that I love him. And your father loves you. So when we say, take me into your throne room, what he really means is, hey, run and open the door whenever you'd like. Whenever you'd like. As we continue with our worship, uh, we're going to go ahead and take communion this morning. And we're going, we're going to, if you don't have the elements with you, you can raise your hand. You'll get the elements. Somebody will pass them to you. There's somebody back there. Um, but this is a time of worship still. So I'd love for everybody to continue to stay postured. Continue to stay with a heart of worship as we get ready. Kevin said, we can run to the Father anytime we want. And that's the same thing that we should be doing with communion. Communion is not something we do once a month in church on Sunday morning. Communion is in your heart. It's when you are spending time with him. And we want to do that every day, all the time, anytime. He's always there. He's waiting on us to come to him. Don't think you have to wait until we have a, the special juice and the special bread at church. You can do this anytime, and he wants you to do that. He's waiting for you to come to him and commune with him. I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 25, and I'm going to go slowly because I want to break it down and talk about all the verses. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. When God gives us something, we got to share it with other people. He's, he's sharing. He's saying, I'm delivering to you what God gave to me. How do we get a message from God unless we commune with him? Unless we're talking to him and listening to him. That night, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, Jesus knew what was coming that night. It didn't stop him from gathering with his friends and having a meal and sharing a message with them. We can't let our life and our circumstances stop us from doing what God's called us to do, which is share him with other people, which is commune with him, remember him and what he did for us. He continued to minister. And then he went on and was obedient to what God called him to do, even though it wasn't easy. He loved you that much. And once he took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He gave thanks. When we come to commune with God, we need to give thanks. Don't just ask him for things. Thank him for what he's done for you. We thank you, Lord, that you gave your body for us. And then he said, do this in remembrance of me. 
Do you remember Jesus every day? Do you think about him every day and what he did for you? You can start right now. You can start today to make it a point to get up and think of Jesus first thing in the morning every day. Commune with him and spend time with him. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper. That stood out to me. There was a little space in between there. And then he made it a point to say this again. This is the cup, the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. He said, remember me twice. If Jesus says something once, it's important. If he said it twice, we need to be doing it. Not just on Sunday morning, once a month. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We need to be proclaiming what God did for us to other people. So how can we do that? Let's think about how can we do that? How can we remember Jesus? Communion. The communion definition is the sharing or exchange of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially on a mental or spiritual level. Worship here at church is communion with Jesus. Are you worshiping every day at home? Are you communing with him in your own time? I'm going to read a few more verses. Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. God's always there for you. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Isn't that communion? Prayer and supplication and thanksgiving? Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, don't you all want peace? That surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your love of us. We thank you for your sacrifice. As we take this cup and this bread today, Jesus, we remember you. Let us leave your change today. Committed to communing with you every day, Jesus. We don't want it to be just this one time. We want to know you more each day. Speak to us. Give us a message that we can deliver to other people. Thank you, Jesus. Take your cup and your bread. And we're going to be quiet and let you commune with Jesus while you take it. This is a realm of glory. This is a realm of grace. I can feel your mind. 
and worship that we get to open our mouth freely in this country and we get to say holy 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 is the king of kings holy is king jesus god thank you for the blessing of this freedom thank you for this nation thank you for this state and this city god god we just thank you father we just thank you so much god we love you we worship you in Jesus' mighty name. And all the saints said, amen. amen. Come on, put your hands together. Thank you, Jesus. Holy, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, listen, the communion doesn't stop. Uh, we're going to get down for a couple of minutes, but I want you guys to commune with yourselves. I want you to fellowship and say hi to one another, and we'll be right back. We love you guys. about to be evicted. A lot of you know my story. Been homeless before, but we were about to be evicted and I heard my mom crying in the middle of the night and I wondered what was up. So I got up out of my bed and I, I went over to her room and I thought she was, you know, going through something, something was wrong. And so the door was cracked and I pushed it open just to see what was wrong with mom. And the crying that I heard wasn't the kind of crying that I thought it was. 
She was kneeling next to the bed, thanking God for his faithfulness. Even though she may not see the situation changing, she was declaring, God, you're still good, and I thank you for what we do have. We may not have all that we've been asking for, but we thank you that we have everything that we need because we have you, Jesus. And I declare that Jesus is all that you need
Good morning. Good morning, family. Okay, it's announcement time, and I have several, so we need to get started. In case you don't know me, my name is Rhonda, and I'm the church administrator here at the Gathering Place. Yay. So that means if you call the church, I might answer the phone sometime. I want to welcome everyone, especially if we have anyone here who's a first-time visitor. We are so thankful you're here. We would love to ask you one favor. After the service, if you'd go out to Connection Point, which is the big wooden desk out in the foyer, and complete a Connect card, that way we can con connect with you. We'll call you and let you know how thankful we are you were here. We'll answer any questions if we can, and we will pray with you if there's any specific requests. So please do that for us. This morning, Miss Dana taught our kingdom class, and I didn't get to attend, but I heard it was excellent. Yeah, she is good. She taught on worship. Kingdom classes we have every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, and it's just where someone in the congregation who has a passion teaches on a subject that Pastor DJ can't cover in depth, typically on a Sunday morning. Um, sometimes it's on identity. Sometimes it might be on a Bible study method, it might be on prayer, but it's just something to equip you to live a um, Christian life, um, more powerful Christian life. So the next two weeks are two classes that we rotate on a regular basis. And Ms. Jen Myers is gonna be teaching them. The first one is on the DISC profile. That's next Sunday at nine o'clock. And if you've never done the DISC profile, I highly recommend you do it. it just helps you know more about yourself and how you take in information, how you communicate, and also how to communicate better with other people who aren't exactly like you. And then the next week will be the spiritual gifts assessment. So those two are very important. If you have not done those, please um, come. If you need childcare, please sign up. Uh, so we know we need to have some childcare available. Monday night, prayer, six o'clock. Wednesday night, our students meet at 6 o'clock. And then it's time for our fall small groups. Yay! So our, they will kick off the week of Labor Day. So next week, we're going to have our training for our leaders. So if you are going to have a small group, you know you're going to teach a small group, or you know you're interested in possibly teaching a small group, or maybe you have a good idea for a small group, or maybe you would like to host a small group, maybe not lead it, but just host it in your home, please go to Connection Point today or call us and let us know so we can be prepared. And then next Sunday, stay immediately after our service for training. Then the next Sunday, the 28th, is Rally Day, and that's when you'll get to go sign up, see what's being offered, and see which groups you're interested in. All right, let's see what else have we got got a couple of more so our very own Willetta is having her women's her women's conference here at the gathering place on September 23rd and 24th it's a Friday and a Saturday ladies if you were at our special Friday night prayer meeting we had a few weeks ago you know you're not gonna miss this 
there's just no way. If you weren't there, you don't need to miss this because you really missed out. So if you have any questions, Willetta and I will be behind Connection Point after the services and you can come and ask her any questions. Men, there's a conference coming up for you. It's in September the 29th through October 1st. It's called Man on Fire. It's going to be over in the Tuscaloosa area. But the neat thing is it's not just a one-time event. They're gonna have groups that meet in other areas, in different areas of the state throughout the year so you can stay connected. And I think one of them is gonna be in Millbrook. So men, you'll wanna look into that. There'll be more information coming about that later. All right, here's the big one, Mexico. Yes. So Apostle Bo, Mama Rachel, Pastor DJ are taking a group to Mexico on a mission trip December 5th through the 15th. We got room for 12 people. As of last Sunday, we had six definite. May have had a couple more since then, I'm not sure. But we need you to decide real soon if you're going because we need to buy airline tickets while they're still kind of reasonable <laughs> before they go up. So if you're interested, let us know as soon as possible. I'm sure we'll probably be buying the tickets right after DJ gets back from Africa. And so we need to know that. Also be getting your passports in order. So I think that's all I needed to share. I'm gonna turn it over to Mama Rachel because she's got a special announcement for us this morning. Good morning, everyone. So I'm Rachel, if you don't know. Um, so this coming up week on Friday and Saturday, we're having a company of believers gathering. Those of you don't know, company, company of believers is um, the name of, of our ministry, Bo and I. And what God has called us to do uh, when he called us to Alabama from Mexico, he said, I'm calling people together and I want you to bring people together that have their personal fires and we're gonna put them in a pile and we're just gonna worship Jesus and there will be some ministry ministering. Um, we have a couple pastors coming in, but it's just people from all over different churches. Churches are coming in. We have a uh, family from Illinois, church family in Illinois, um, where Brother DJ and Miss Jules have been and um, several other people from different churches around. So I encourage you to come and worship Jesus with us and just be ready to seek him with all your heart and God is, I'm expecting him to pour out and, and do some mighty things. So you guys be blessed. And Brother Kevin. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. So Friday nights at 7. Oh, yes. And Saturday morning at 9 a.m. on August 20th, which is my birthday. <laughs> we're, having a, um, we're having a worship workshop with Miss Nikki Mathis. It's going to be really awesome. So if you are interested, or you just want to come and hear, she's just teaching about worship, and it's, she does a really awesome job, so I encourage you. Um, we're not going to do a full-on breakfast. It'll just be like some fruit, maybe a donut and coffee, something light. But I just want to give her all the time she needs uh, for that morning. We won't have childcare that morning, but on the 19th at 7 p.m. and the Saturday at 5 p.m. we will have childcare. So um, anyway, uh, thank you. <laughs> Love you guys, Brother Kevin. I'll turn it over to Kevin. Pastor Kevin. All right, thank you, Mama Rachel. We appreciate you. Uh, let's see here. 
Let me grab my uh, little stand thing here. Oh, Jesus. Love how organized I am. Praise you, Jesus. All right. All right, so how's everybody doing this morning? Good. All right, do me a favor. Take a deep breath in. Let it out slowly. All right. All right, how's everybody doing? Good? All right, praise God. Hey, listen, I'm excited uh, to be here this morning with you guys. Uh, I'm just, I'm blessed and thankful that I have the opportunity that I have to be able to just share a message with you guys and, and to just share a message with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And so I'm very, very thankful for that. Uh, before I get started, though, uh, there is one more thing I want to do. I know some of you are like, man, that's a lot of announcements. <laughs> I get it, but this is very, very important to me because, as you guys know, my, uh, my well, our student ministry, your students, uh, we have been raising up funds for two milk cows in Africa. Yeah. Okay? Amen. Uh, but what you don't know is that and this is really, really awesome. So we got news the other day by video that the cow that they had two cows already. We were trying to get in two more. Uh, the, the cow that they had had twins. Yeah, you know, I don't even know what to say. I mean, this stuff is crazy. It, it, God is working and moving. And even in the little small things that you don't think God cares about, he cares about. He cares about. And so now... Uh, are the, this is another orphanage I'm talking about, the Pavilion Village, uh, the one that the teens are really involved with. So now this orphanage will have four dairy cows. Praise God. Um, and so we're hoping and praying that both of those babies stay good. But the reason I bring this up is because we did a fundraiser, and we're probably going to be doing one more, but uh, the fundraiser we did involved selling Pizza Hut cards and and we were trying to see, you know, and then so the students were excited and they started selling Pizza Hut cars and they're going, you know, probably bothering some of you guys. You know, I, I understand. <laughs> they're probably hitting you up for money. Hey, you know, but it went for a, a good cause. And so anyways, we told them that the winner, quote unquote winner, right, the person that sold the most Pizza Hut cards would get uh, the very first the GPS tribe, uh, which is what we call ourselves, Gathering Place Student Tribe. Uh, they would get the first hoodie ever. And so I would like to invite, if you guys can give it up for, uh, where is Bryant Purdue? Yeah. And we would also love to honor his brother who came right under him and sold just one card less than him, uh, Weston Purdue. So if you can come up here. I hear the spirit of rebellion. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Um, so, yes, not everybody got a, a sweater, but uh, I think Brian sold, what, 23? How many did you sell? 23? How much did you sell? 22. Come on, Brian. Come on. It's close enough, man. All right. So, uh, so he sold 23. He sold 22. And uh, Pastor Crystal just really thought, hey, they both deserve this. Um, you know, if you didn't know, they were $10 each. He sold 22, he, uh, 22 and he sold 23 And so uh, I also want to thank real quick uh, Pastor Julie for putting this together. Can you guys give her a hand? Yes. Love you, Pastor Julie. 
Uh, Pastor Julie's just amazing and awesome, and she's always working in the background, uh, just like you know Pastor Chris always working in the background. But uh, we know that without women like them, me and Pastor DJ would be clueless. You know, Amen. We know, you know, we know. But uh, but anyway, so we want to just congratulate you, and we want to give you the very first, the first two Gathering Place Student Tribe hoodies. Yes, yeah, so, so yeah, it has our, um, our student code in the back, and so somebody, the QR code, if somebody scans that, it actually goes to our website, so um, there you go. We love you guys. All right. Man, that was awesome. Okay, so, hey, baby, is that it? Am I good? Cover everything? Uh, oh, wait, next week, so. Uh, real quick, before I get started with the word, next week I'm excited because we're going to have a special guest. I'm really excited. So for the family, I want you guys to know that, um, you know, come early, come expecting. We're going to have uh, Brother Chris Mathis and Miss Nikki Mathis, uh, and it's going to be a really, really awesome time uh, to just be able to get in here with them and, and share with them. Uh, they are really awesome down-to-earth people, uh, and they're regular people like me and you that love Jesus, and so I'm excited for that. Uh, and so you're not going to want to miss that. It's going to be an awesome, awesome time. So do me a favor. Close your eyes. Bow your head. We're going to go before the Lord. Father, we just thank you so much. Thank you for this time that you've given us. Thank you that you're, you're blessing us. God, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would speak through me this morning. And God, I just ask that you would bless Pastor DJ where he's at, God. Would you strengthen him, God? Would you fill him with your Holy Spirit, God? Would you fill him with new life, God? Would you give him living water that comes from you, Jesus, right now, God, wherever he's at in Africa, so that he would be able to share Jesus with everybody he comes into contact with. And God, I ask the same for myself and for your people here, Lord. Give us strength and wisdom and fire in our bellies, God, to hear what you have to say this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right, so uh, let, me, let me stretch. All right, guys, so all right, as you know, and some of you are new, so you may not know, my name is Pastor Kevin. I'm the associate pastor and the youth pastor and a bunch of other stuff, but um, but. So me and then my wife, Crystal's over there. She's the Mexican lady, the, you know, yes, beautiful Mexican lady in the back over there. Uh, and so we're the associate pastors and the youth pastors, okay? And so I'm a little different than Pastor DJ. Uh, I get, like, really excited. So uh, not that he doesn't either, uh, but sometimes I move around a lot. So just bear with me. I will do my very best to uh, share with you what God shared with me. So I'm excited because God shared this word with me, and I just want to share it with you. So I hope everybody brought your Bibles. Yes. If Isaiah's back there and can bring my Bible, that'd be awesome. If not, I'll use this. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so, all right, so the title of today's message, all right, if you're taking notes, it's called Changing Your Perspective, okay? So changing or change your perspective. See, something I've been talking to the students with or the students, well, yeah, with is the right word. We've been circling up, and we've been talking a lot about this, and I've been telling them, hey, listen, listen, you guys need to read the red letters. Raise your hand if you know what the red letters mean. Anybody know what the red letters? Red letters are the writing when Jesus is speaking, right? So in the Bible, when you open your Bible, everything else is normally in black, and then the red letters is when Jesus is actually speaking. And so I've been telling my students, hey, listen to me, guys. 
you need, you need to start to focus and read the red letters. The red letters. And so I just believe, church, that it's time that we start to posture ourselves and that we start to learn from our Bible. I know, groundbreaking, crazy, revolutionary. I Oh, my gosh, like Pastor Kevin, that's revelation. You know, but it's time that we learn from our Bibles. It's time that you open your word and you eat it. Everybody say eat it. Eat, it. eat your word. Okay, there is a difference between reading it on oh, Numbers 5 and so, you know, Joseph was the son and the father. And, you know, there's a difference between just reading and then eating. Okay, and so I tell my students, and I'm going to tell you guys the same thing I tell my students. Don't just read the Bible, right? If you're starting out, my encouragement to you is that you would read stories in the Bible. So before you even start reading all the Bible, right, start reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. That's all the Gospels. The Gospels. Start reading it. Start reading it. Hey, what do you do when you're in love with somebody and you want to date somebody? You want to do what? Spend time with them. Learn all about them. You want to know every little moment about, oh, I wonder, like, what you smell like right now. Um, honey, like, what are you wearing? Like, I'm just, you know, baby, I'm outside cutting grass. I'm full of grass. I got stuff in my eyeballs. Like, I don't know what he, you know. And so it's like, oh, you know, I wonder what he's going to bring for me today. Yeah. Right? Think about when you started dating, right? I wonder what he's going to bring me today. I wonder if it's going to be flowers. And the men are like, man, you know, I just know she's going to come. She's going to be beautiful. And, and, you know, and she can show up in, like, gym pants, and you're like, oh, she's beautiful. My gosh, I'm drooling, right? And it's the same way with the word of God. If you want to know who your father is and who Jesus is, there's a relationship that has to happen. That relationship means, and it looks like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And everything that has been made was made through Jesus, and so on and so forth. You guys understand what I'm telling you, right? John 1. What I'm saying is a relationship with God starts with opening your Word and reading about your Lord and Savior. I am not against praying. Trust me, I love praying. And praying doesn't mean, you know, I'm sitting on my knees in my closet all the time. Right. Don't, you know, listen to me. Not all the time, but it does mean I do that sometimes. But the thing is that I want to be so in love with Jesus. Listen, hear me, guys. I, I want to be so in love with Jesus that nothing else matters, that I am willing to look like a fool. I am willing to say, what do you want me to do, Jesus? I want you to buy that person a cheeseburger, and I want you to take it all the way over there. You're like, God, but this McDonald's is like five miles away. There's one over there. He's like, I don't care. I'm telling you, take that cheeseburger all the way over there. I want to be willing to look like a fool for Jesus. Just like you're willing to look like a fool when you're first dating. Like, oh, my God, you're so sweet, honey. You look so cute. Like, you know, and you look silly everybody thinks you're weird like oh my god they're probably like dating two weeks how long y'all been dating or some of you guys might might have heard this how long y'all been married mm -hmm. just wait till you're 20 years <laughs> you know don't say that it should be getting better and better and better amen 
Your relationship with God should be getting better and better and better and better. Or like my good friend Sarah Perdue says, gooder and gooder. Okay? It should be getting better, like wine, right? It gets, it gets better with age. The word of God and your relationship with Jesus should be the same way. It should be getting better and better and better. Not because you just put it on cruise control, but because you are in love with Jesus. When you're in love, you do some crazy things. When you're in love, you want to spend every waking moment with that person, that person being Jesus. I don't know if anybody, any of you have ever done this, but uh, when me and uh, Pastor Krista were dating and stuff, uh, she was, we kind of did a long-distance relationship for a while. So she was in California, and I was in Alabama. And, <laughs> and I remember we stayed up, like, all night with the telephone. You're like, are you there? Yeah. And then, like, you wake up early, and she's like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. I didn't know she snored. You know, you're like, what? And so I remember we fell asleep one time, and we woke up one time, and the phone was still on. And we're like, oh, my gosh, you know? Um, but we left the phone on the entire night into the day, you know? And so when was the last time you spent that much time with Jesus? Wow. Right? You know, they're having that women's thing. When was the last time you spent intentional time with Jesus? They're having that men's thing, that men on fire, which I'm going to, by the way. I hope that all the other men are going as well. I encourage you guys, let's do this together. Um, and so when is the last time you, you did that? You know, I'm not saying you have to quit your job and spend all day with Jesus. What I'm saying, though, is you should want to. You should feel that way. Not that, you, not that we're not going to be practical and go to work, right? But that we should feel like, man, if I could, I would stay home all day just saying, thank you, Jesus, working on my garden. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Wash dishes. I love you, Jesus. I'm going to clean the bathroom. I love you, Jesus. I'm going to uh, sweep, you know, all the things I don't do at the house. No, I'm just kidding. I do. <laughs> I, I, do do, I do do that. All right. So this wasn't even in my message. I don't know what happened, but uh, I love you, Jesus. So, uh, <laughs> All right. So my very first point this morning, okay? My very first point is your father in heaven. Everybody say my father, my father. In, heaven. in heaven. All right. So do me a favor. Go to Matthew 6. Verses 1 through 15. So that's Matthew 6, chapter 6, verses 1 through 15. All right, I'm going to read the red letters. It should be on the screen as well, if you didn't bring your Bible. It says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your father. Everybody say your father. In heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, everybody say your father. Yes, you guys are going to get sick of me today. That's okay. Uh, who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue, synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father 
Right? Y'all hearing that? Your father who sees what is done in secret and will reward you. I'm going to stop right here so that you guys don't start throwing stuff at me, okay? Yes, I'm going to be repetitive this morning. Why? Because it's so important that you understand Jesus. It is so important that you understand the red letters. What was Jesus telling us? He was coming to introduce you to your father. As you keep reading, he keeps saying, your father. You know what he's saying? He's saying, your daddy, your Abba, your dad. Hey, by the way, your dad. You know, that's something funny that um, for some reason, me and my parents, uh, me and my siblings all do this. And I didn't know it was an issue until Pastor Crystal told me, like, hey, that's weird. But <laughs> so what happens is every time I talk about my dad or my mom, I always say my dad or my mom. So when I'm talking to my brother, I'm like, yeah, bro, my mom, like the other day she's doing this or, hey, you know, Brian, my dad, the other day, like, and we all do that. And like, I, I didn't know that was weird. And she's like, you guys have the same parents. Like, why do you guys always say that? And I'm like, because my mom and my dad, like, I don't, you know, what, 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 what's the problem, you know? <laughs> uh, so, but I didn't know it was even an issue. Like, I really didn't. And, um, you know, because we all share the same biological parents. It's just, um. We just say my mom and my dad, and they say our mom and our dad. So I just love it. I love the fact that Jesus wasn't selfish with his father. Wow. Jesus came to tell you that you have a daddy in heaven. He said, hey, your father, and when you do this and this and this and this, your father, and when you do this, you know, don't pray like this, and your father, and when you give, you know, don't let, and your father, and he's secretly jabbing them and jabbing them and jabbing them so that they will get it in their thick skulls that they are not the sons of Moses, you know, or Abraham, but they're the sons of the one true God. See, that was a problem for the Jews. They're like, no, we're sons of Abraham. What do you, you know, we're descendants of, and he's like, no, your father, your father, your father. And, you know, I love, this is kind of a side note, doesn't. It's not, it's not in my notes, but I do love the fact that every time he talked to the Pharisees, he would say, well, my father and uh, my father. And they're like, but your father, you know, they're like, oh, you know, we only have one father. Abraham is like, no, your father's Satan. And they're like, what? What? You know, and they got all mad and offended, of course. But, but it was the truth because they were following this religious spirit that they thought would make them holy and righteous when Jesus, the creator of the universe, was standing in front of them. And you have the same access. You have Jesus, the creator of the universe, who is with you. Jesus said himself in the red letters, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That wasn't Pastor Kevin. That was Jesus. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So Jesus came in the red letters and it starts telling us about our father, about your father. See, the thing is that the Jews, they understood what it meant to be a son and a father, okay? Sometimes in America, we kind of have like a different, um, we think about it differently, okay? So we have a different thought of what that means. But the Jews understood that if you're calling yourself a son of God, that means that you're saying that you're pretty much equal with God. And so they were ready to stone Jesus. But see, the reason they understood that is because they understand that the father 
gives authority to his son. And so when the son walks, you know, like he's walking in the city, he carries the same authority as his father. So when the son says, hey, uh, let me get uh, uh, 1,500 of these cows. They don't look at the son. They say, oh, wait, where's his ring? Oh, he belongs to this person. Give it to him. Come on, give it to him. There you go, brother. All right, tell your father we said hi. That's how that works. So when Jesus is saying, my father in heaven, they were like, wait a minute. You know, wait a minute. What are you, what are you saying? So let's keep reading. I don't want you to think Pastor Kevin is saying this. I want you to see it in the red letters. Uh, verse 7, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Verse 8, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Just so you know, little side note, Jesus could have said whatever he wanted. In some of the gospels, it says that they came to him and said, hey, Jesus, teach us to pray. Right? And so he could have said whatever he wanted. Oh, okay, well, so I want you to do it like this, right? I want you to say, Jesus, oh, holy one, the lion of Judah, the son of God. You know, he could have said whatever he wanted to. But the very first thing that he tells you is our father. I, I just want to show, I just want to tell you something. Jesus didn't do anything on accident. Everything Jesus did was on purpose. It was targeted, targeted, targeted. Our father. Because if you know who your father is, listen, listen, if you know who your father is, you don't have to beg. I'm not saying that you don't go before the Lord in a reverent manner. You know, God, thank you. I love you. You know, but I, what I am saying is you don't do this. God, I just, oh, God, I just, oh, my car, like, broke down again. Like, I can't, ah, oh, you know, you know, like Pastor Kevin. You know, I've, been, I've done that. <laughs> it's true. I have. I've done that. You know, I haven't had money, one, you know, a couple times, and. I'm like, God, what, how am I going to do this? And I'm crying. Like, Lord, what am I going to do? I'm on my knees. Um, and so don't think this word is just like for you. Remember, this is a word that God crushed me with, and I'm just sharing it with you guys. So God was saying to me, wait a minute. Why are, why are you acting like you're a hired hand? Why are you acting like if you don't belong to me? Why are you acting like you don't wear the ring? You know, that's like the, the son. Remember the story I, pay, I painted for you guys? The son walking into the marketplace saying, can I please have 1,500 cows? Like, please. And the guy's like, I don't. Wait, who's your dad? Like, I can't even see the ring because you keep begging so much. But can I, see your, can I see your ring? Can I see the authority you're carrying? Oh, you're so-and-so's son. God, I just need for a new... The angels are like, wait, who is that? Oh my, that's a son and daughter of the most high God. You are a son and a daughter of the most high God. Every good thing from above belongs to you. The reason that they wanted to kill Jesus because it was because the father gives everything to the son because Jewish, right? They inherit. Everything I have is yours, son. They inherit. And so Jesus understood that, and all he wanted to teach you was that you have a good father in heaven 
who has adopted you. That's what the word of God says. Uh, he has adopted you and now you share in the inheritance. That means that every good and godly thing is yours. That means that you pray, God, I really need you to fix my car. Please, God. I love you and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Right? Fast forward the next day. Oh, my car. Oh, wait. God, thank you that you're sending me a new car. Thank you that you've blessed this car. Thank you that you have not abandoned me. Thank you that your word says you will never leave me, nor forsake me. God, I thank you for this car. I thank you that it's a beater and it just barely runs, God, but I thank you. See, a lot of us, we want the blessing before we start to thank God. See, that's the problem. That's the problem. We start, we want the blessing and then we'll thank God. But there's an issue with that. The issue is it takes no faith. But we will live by faith, not by sight, right? I mean, there's some Christians in here, right? I'm just, I'm just checking. Okay, amen. I'm just checking. Because we, the Christians, we, the sons and daughters of God, we who have followed Jesus, the ones who will turn the city upside down, we will walk by faith and not by sight. So that means I have to thank him right now, even though I don't have X, Y, and Z. God, I thank you that you're meeting my power bill, God. I don't know why it was $500. I'm going to call the, you know, power company, but I thank you. You know what, God? I thank you for AC. God, I thank you that in Africa where Pastor DJ is, there's probably no AC. God, I thank you that there's other people, you know, walking around, preaching your gospel, telling people about Jesus. And, and, and Father, they don't even have AC. So you know what, God? I'm going to be quiet now and thank you. See, there's a difference. There is a difference when you're praying to your father. There's a difference when you understand that you have a good dad. You know, I know that a lot of us here, maybe we haven't had the best parents. You know, uh, my dad, he tried his best. And I've told you guys, he was very religious. Uh, so my dad used to like beat me if I fell asleep uh, at the church. Uh, you know, and we were at a Mexican church. So it was like three hours, y'all. I'm like, come on, Jesus. You know, it's, it's like three and a half hours, four hours. You know, Mexican church, they getting into it and, you know, and all the kids were upstairs, uh, but we weren't allowed upstairs because we had to be, you know, I guess extra holy. I, I don't know. But, you know, and if we fell asleep, we would get whooped. Okay. So I didn't have the best father to model. You understand? So I thought that if I messed up, you know, I thought if I like, oh, I fell, I messed up. Let's say, um, I don't know. Let's say I, I cussed. Oh, my cuss. I thought that now, oh, my God, now I am less than. Now my father's going to beat me. Now my God, you know, he's going to squish me. Yup, I knew. See, you're not holy at all. Let me just squish you. You're not holy. Oh, you said a cuss word. That's it. You're disqualified. I had a wrong perspective of my father because my earthly dad just did his best. You know, I love my earthly dad now. We have a, a much, much better relationship. Um, my earthly dad, his dad abandoned him and his mom abandoned him. So my great-grandmother raised him. Uh, and then he, they were in Guatemala, so uh, totally different, guys. I mean, started working at like 6 or 7, cutting coffee. It's just crazy. So my dad was a very hard man, 
very, very hard man, and he was doing the best that he could with the law. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. I'm saying he was doing the best he could with religion. He was trying to feed me religion and said, you know, and, and thank God I'm not, hey, listen, he taught me about Jesus. Right. That's the best that you could ever do. But he did it in the wrong form. I'm going to beat you. You didn't read your Bible? I'm going to beat you. You fell asleep? I'm going to beat you. And your father is not like that. Your father in heaven loved you so much that he sent his only begotten son for you. And I don't know why sometimes we treat God like if we're better than him. Think about it. My son does crazy stuff. I was praying this morning, and he went right through my legs. I'm like, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the, in the Lord. You know, that happened, just in case you guys didn't know, but, you know, that happened. And so uh, the other day, oh, Jesus, the other day, we're just hanging out. You know what I mean? Pastor Crystal, the family, we're just relaxing. Everything's cool. And my son decides, why not? He decides he's just going to run outside the house. We have a pretty big driveway, so he didn't go off the driveway, but he, he went right outside the house and decided, I'm going to jump on mom's windshield. And then he broke it. Okay. Did I beat him? So, see, some of you know me a little better. Some of you know me. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Somebody knows me a little better. I was like, where, where you at? Where you at? You know? Uh, did I spank him? Yes. Absolutely. Because a good father corrects. Can I get an amen? Amen. A good father corrects. But it never, ever in a million years would have changed the way that I love him. But sometimes we mess up in this life. And we do things we shouldn't or we watch something we shouldn't or we, I don't know, whatever. You took something you shouldn't or whatever the case is. And we somehow feel like now the father loves us less. Like now all of a sudden now we're less than because we committed a, you know, a crazy crime and said a cuss word. That's what I mean by sometimes we, we think we're better than God. He's, the, he's called the good father. So the next time you feel condemned, I want you to ask yourself, how would I treat my child? I'm human, but how, you know, Brother Jim, how would you treat your daughter? Would you correct her? Yep. Hey, you shouldn't say that. Would you be like, now I don't love you less. You're not holy. You shouldn't do this. You should. No. No. Your father in heaven loves you. And what does Paul say? This isn't a license to sin, right? That's what Paul says. That doesn't mean this is a license to sin. What I'm telling you is this gives you freedom. You know why it's called the good news? Because the good news of Jesus Christ comes with life, life in abundance, right? Salvation and freedom from the law. Did you know that? It comes from freedom of the law. You are no longer bound by the law. You are now bound to Jesus. I love what Paul says, I'm a bond servant or I'm a slave to Jesus. 
I love that word because this was, uh, you have to understand who Paul was. I mean, he was a highly educated man who thought he was above everybody else. But when he came in front of Jesus, he said, I would rather be a slave to Jesus than try to make my own kingdom. Verse 10. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, I'm going to pause right there. And I'll, I'll, I'll pick it right back up, I promise. I just want you to notice it says your will be done. When he says your will, when Jesus says your will, he's talking about the Father. Everybody understand that? He's talking about your Father's will be done. Not Pastor Kevin trying to build a kingdom and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Not Brother Joe and Joe, so-and-so, whatever. You know, I'm going to build my own kingdom and I'm going to do it this way and I'm going to... No, 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 no. Don't get it twisted. If you think it's about you, you're wrong. Your life is here and, and, and breathed into by the living God so that you would bring glory to God. That's why his word says that he will humble proud but uplift those who humble themselves because it's about Jesus it's about his will being done right now here on earth not my own Pastor Kevin those are awesome churchy words what does that mean it means when you feel like which brings me to my next point on sonship when you feel like I'm gonna go do this I just, I'll just give you the story. I'll just give you the story, guys. <laughs> Me and Pastor Crystal, we're on the way to the gym. We're excited. It's the first day of school. We're like, okay, here we go. Here we go. All right, you know. All right, the first one we're dropping off is Uriah. Pops, he's six years old. That's my son. We drop him off. Okay, there we go. Oh, we love you. Have a great day. God bless you. Keep in mind, me and Chris are like, we're going to the gym. We're going to the gym. Um, uh, stop laughing. Uh, I was going to go home afterwards, but stop laughing. All right, uh, uh, and so anyways, and then we're like, okay, here we go, here we go, my middle child, Anissa, we're like, here you go, baby, there's your class, we love you, okay, we thank you, uh, and then, uh, well, I said thank you to the teacher, you know, <laughs> thank you, like, you get in there, get in there, all right, so then we were in there, and so we go with my oldest daughter, Nazea, where we're taking her to the class, and then all, out of nowhere, I'm telling you, it was Holy Ghost ordained, out of nowhere, this mother, this a little Mexican lady about this big, um, <laughs> Seriously, seriously. Um, she comes with her daughter, and they're sweating. Uh, and, and so, and I hear, um, again, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody. I hear, like, uh, the lady, uh, the music teacher trying to, like, translate, you know. She's like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, you know, she's trying really hard, you know. And I'm like, oh, no. And so immediately, I don't even think about it. I just start helping. Me and Pastor Crystal, we just start helping. Immediately. We're like, oh, uh, you know, I start talking to her in Spanish. Hola, como estas? Necesitas algo? You know, whatever, whatever. And so I start communicating with her. And then I found out that she didn't have, nobody could help her. Nobody knew Spanish. And she got here from Mexico like two months ago because her husband came on a visa because he's working at Hyundai. Okay? And so he, he's coming and he's like, oh, you know. And nobody can help her. And so, or at least not help her to the degree that she needed it, right? So I start, we start talking to her. Then all of a sudden, we're like, do you have ride the bus? No, we walked from, you know, we walked from the apartments all the way here to school, which, by the way, this is Alabama. There's not even any sidewalks. 
You know, anybody from Alabama, you know, you guys, I'm from California, there's sidewalks everywhere. Um, uh, but I wouldn't go back. So anyways, anyways. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, so we start helping her. So I'm like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So long story short, we go and we spend an hour and a half with this lady and I, we fill out her bus schedule and we get her kids transportation and then we get her the food program so that she and her children can get food, right? And then after that, we didn't just stop there. We gave her a ride back to her apartment. But then after her apartment, my wife said, let me give you my number so when your kids come, I'll take you to pick up the kids. And so what I'm saying to you is that an hour and a half that we should have gone to the gym my will and then gone home you know and washed up and stuff you know be married uh so uh sorry sorry uh, <laughs> anyway, all right, sorry so the hour and a half that i'm finally got some freedom you know my kids are in school it, you know my will my will was not done but i surrendered that to jesus because my father had different plans. You understand? All right. My second point is this. Oh, one last thing. Well, I already said it. God is not judge and executioner. Everybody understand that, right? If you don't, I'm here to tell you. Your father in heaven is not the judge and executioner. He absolutely loves you. And he has delegated, delegated judgment on, for Jesus. Jesus is going to be the one that sits and judges. You know the crazy thing? You know what the red letters say? It says, don't think I'm going to sit. The son of God or son of man will sit and accuse you. Your accuser will be Moses. So according to Jesus, Moses was going to take care of everybody under the law, I guess. I don't, that's what I read. Could be wrong. Email me later. Let me know if I'm wrong. But he did say... Moses will accuse you. We'll see. But anyways, I'm glad that I'm not under the law. I'm glad that I'm under. Everybody say the promise. The promise. We're under the promise. The promise. Okay, so here we go. The second point is this. Sonship. Jesus modeled what our relationship should look like with our father. By the way he lived, by the way he prayed, by the way he suffered, and by the way he loved. I think my very favorite one, my very, very favorite uh, in what I just wrote is in the way he suffered. You see, we all suffer, but the way you tell a Christian from a non-believer is by the way they respond to that suffering. And that is like the hardest thing that I have to physically like how, you know, I'm asking, and Lord, how, how? I don't understand, you know. I'm an American, you know, I was born in America. I was in the military, so I have that like, oh, you slapped me? You slapped me? What's up, bro? You know, and then I'm like, you know, trying to, you know. And so I'm like, Lord, I'm like, Lord you know, I'm also from Los Angeles. I, you know, I have a long testimony. Um, and so I was just from the streets, and I was a gangbanger. And anyways, so I'm like, Lord, that's why my favorite verse is John 3.30. Lord, let there be more of you and less of me. Because I'm like, Lord, I, I, there's no way that I can accomplish his will with my own will still being in here. There's no way. Because American, you know, Kevin is like, I'm from America. We don't take bullies. You know, nobody's going to bully me, you know, which I love. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, you know, and so, uh, so you know, I'm, I'm an American, so that's tough. 
when I hear and I, when I see Jesus say, if someone hits your cheek, give them the, the other one also. I'm like, Lord, I, I don't know how. Like, I, Jesus, you know, have you ever asked yourselves or am I the only one? Okay, because sometimes I feel like maybe I'm crazy because I sit there and I'm like, yeah, Lord, I don't know about this one. Like, I, 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 I love you. Like, I just don't know, Lord. Like, how, 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 how would I do this? I mean, just think about it. You know, all my men out there, think about it. Grown man, like, hey, <clears throat> take that. I, you know, y'all can act as holy as you want. I'm just going to say 99% of y'all going to be like, oh, you know, and so, um, you know, whatever, you know, in the name of Jesus, brother, I'm just going to, the elders are going to come in. Kevin, what happened? Uh, the Holy Ghost caught him. The Holy Ghost, the Holy What's wrong with his eye? The Holy Ghost. He fell. He fell. <laughs> hey, it says the Holy Ghost lives in me. So it lives in me. Um, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But it's true. Like, it's so hard. You know, the, 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 you know what I don't like? I don't like when we act like God is not fun. Like Jesus isn't fun. Like they're not having a huge party every single time a person accepts Jesus. Like, I don't know why y'all think that on a Saturday when we're watching Alabama, we're like, yeah, come on. And, and hold on, this is my favorite. Run the ball. Just run the ball. You're on the five-yard line. Run the ball. Like, what are you doing, you know, right? Am I the only one? Oh, okay. I thought I was the only one that got that spirit of, uh, you know, Nick Saban. I'm like, run the ball, man, you know. We're like four, you know, running backs deep, man. Just run the ball. So, what? What I'm saying is this. We get so excited for football. Maybe you're an Auburn fan. Maybe you're an LSU fan. Whatever. You, we get so excited and we think we have this, um, not right, but we get this freedom right. to just go crazy at the game. But then come to church like, mm, holy is the one. Holy. Holy. Look at that guy. Why are you dancing? Holy. Why, why are you dancing? And the Holy Spirit's like, bro, you were acting a fool yesterday. I mean, you literally spilled all your peanuts on that guy. Your drink was on the floor. Like, I don't, you know. And so, <laughs> and so the point is, the point is this. I don't know peanuts. I don't know where that came from, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, the point is that our Father loves us and that we're children of the Most High God. And God loves to have fun. God, listen, there'll be times where Crystal's like, Pastor Crystal's like, what are you doing? I'll laugh. I'll just start laughing and giggling to myself. <laughs> it's probably wrong, but I'd be laughing and giggling to the Bible. And she's like, what are you, what are you laughing at? I'm like, you don't understand, babe. Like, come, come look at this. Like, there's this story and Elijah and, like, the axe head falls off. And he's like, oh, my. Like, oh, no, Lord. Like, but it's just. Listen, it's just the way that the reader says it when you're listening to it. He goes like, oh, no, my Lord, just like that. Oh, no, my Lord, you know, and it's just, and I just sit there and laugh. Like, I'm just laughing. I'm like, I'm having a good time with Jesus. Like, I'm reading my Bible, but I'm having a good time. I'm, I'm imagining Jesus laughing with me. Like, dude, you should have been there. It was, it was so much funnier than that. Like, you have no idea. And I'm like, dude, that's so funny, you know. And, yes, I call Jesus dude, you know, and, um, you know, I hope you don't have a problem with that because um, I'm telling you, when, when you come face to face with Jesus and Jesus looks at you in the face, I promise that every little ounce of religiousness you ever thought you had is going to disappear. 
because when I saw Jesus face to face, I was deployed in the Middle East, and I saw, or actually it's kind of Southeast Asia, but when I was deployed and I remember seeing Jesus, I, I, I had a dream, and in my dream I saw Jesus. But you ever had those dreams where it feels like it's not a dream? Well, I had that, and I saw Jesus, and then, you know, my first response is I throw myself to the ground, and I'm just kissing his feet and worshiping his feet. And you're like, well, you're a grown man. I'm like, absolutely, but I will be a fool for Jesus. I promise you. And so I'm worshiping him, and I'm just on the floor, and then he stands me up, and he looks at me in my eyes, which terrified me, absolutely terrified me. Not because I didn't think I was holy, not because I didn't think I was this amazing person, but because the love absolutely drowns everything else out. And you realize that the creator of the universe is staring at you. And when he stares at you, he's not just staring at you, he's looking into your soul. I mean, it's, it's hard to explain that. But then it, it, at the same time, you realize, man, Jesus is my best friend. Jesus, you've been here the whole time. And there were so many times where I felt like I couldn't just be real with Jesus. Lord, I'm having a horrible day. Like, I don't understand this. Jesus, like, I can't stand this. Why does that person always get on my, like, she grinds my gears at the DMV, Lord. Like, I cannot stand her. Like, you know, and I'm just being real, like, just talking to Jesus, talking to Jesus. But I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I could be real with Jesus, and then I could be quiet, and the Lord could say, that's nothing. I walk up a mountain, bloodied and disfigured, skin hanging down with my cross. Kevin, you can do it. You know, and, and so God so desires for you to give him your heart. He's not going to push you around. He's not going to try to bully his way in. He desires to have your heart, but not just have it like, okay, here, you can have it. Take it. Take my heart. You're going to have my heart here. You can have my heart. You know, no. Like he, you know, he is so in love with you that he wants to see somebody running to him and say, Lord, here you are, Lord, take my heart. I present it to you. It's all I have. It's the only thing fit as a gift for the king of kings. Here, take this. Yes. Let's read John 11, verse 38. We're almost done, maybe. We're talking about sonship. We're talking about being sons and daughters of the Most High right now. Sometimes we don't understand that word sonship. We don't get it. All that word means, sonship, you know, the churchy word sonship, all it means is understanding and changing your perspective on who you are. All that sonship means is that you recognize that you're a son of God, daughter of God. That's what sonship means, because when you start to recognize and understand who you are, you'll act like it. You ever met a millionaire? I haven't, but 
If I was one, you would know it. <laughs> hey, I was just saying, look, I love Jesus, but I'm getting a new truck. I'm like, nah, 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 like, what's up? You know, hey, listen, hey, the church would be like all brand new tile, dude. I'd like, you know, I'd start, you know, it'd be crazy. I'm just saying, right? But if I was a millionaire, you would know it. But a lot of people walk around being sons and daughters of God and nobody knows it. Nobody knows it. It's like walking around, being a millionaire, and seeing somebody with a broken down car that goes to your church and they say, hey, man, um, do you mind? Like, can you help me? I, listen, I'm going to be real with you. I don't have any money. Like, can you just fix this flat? Like, can you buy me a, a can of fix a flat, please? No. Oh, no, no, sorry, man, not me. I, I don't got it. I don't got it either. But you're a millionaire. We do the same thing every day. Like, I'm just, I'm just dealing with anxiety and depression and, oh, Lord, Jesus, bless your heart, child. I don't, mm-mm, I guess I'll just pray for you on, mm-mm, Jesus, you know. We do it every day. You are a son and daughter of the most high God. You have been given the same authority that Jesus had. It says, the word of God says that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. Jesus, the red letter said, and you will do greater works than I. Jesus, the red letters, not me, not Pastor Kevin, Jesus. You will do greater works than I. The last time I checked, Jesus raised people from the dead. I'm not, I'm not, hey, this is not like, hey, I want to be this special, super, you know, super spiritual. I'm just saying I want to be a son. I want my shadow to heal people. Why not? Why not? Do you know why his shadow healed people? Because he knew who he was. Peter's probably walking like, oh, look, the star that my Lord and Savior made. Hmm. Let me tell you the difference real quick, and this wasn't even part of the message, but who cares? Difference real quick between power and authority. Power, right? Power, you can lay your hand on somebody's knee, healed, amen, praise God. But people can have power out of their uh, gifts that God gives, irrevocable gifts, right? They can have still power. Pastor Kevin, what are you talking about? Well, Mariah Carey, amazing singer, right? Started in the church, left the church, but she could still sing. You know, this may be up for debate for some of you, but, uh, uh, you know, Beyonce, Britney Spears. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of the people who've been given gifts, and they were in the church, and then they left the church, and guess what? They're still amazing singers. They still have power. They still, they're still using that, uh, that amazing gift of power, and they're still using that in the secular world, right? And so that's power. Authority is totally different. Authority trumps power. Authority is you walk into the room and the demons scream. Authority means you walk into a chaotic mess and peace descends. Authority means that you walk into a crazy situation, maybe a car crash. There's people screaming. And now, because you're there, peace has come. Peace and direction, maybe. You know, and call an ambulance. Why are you running around? Like, call an ambulance. Um, so, authority. The authority of God gives us power. But the authority trumps 
power. God's authority given to you. Jesus said, I give you all authority on earth. Right? Trample snakes. and Jesus said, I give you all of this authority. But we do not walk around like we have it. It's like getting an AR-15. Here you go, man. Boom, standard edition. Boom, boom, boom. There you go. It has the red letters. You know, we got some red letter uh, ammo for you. Boom, let me put it in there. Here you go, red letter ammo. Come on, man. You ready? Here you go. You're joining the fight. Take your AR. Show up to the war. Hey, man, where's your AR? Oh, I left it at home. I thought, like, I thought this was just practice. It's not practice. If nobody's told you in a minute, I want to tell you something. That you have an enemy that wants to kill you every single day. And his name is the devil. The fallen one. Satan. I don't know if you know that. But he's walking around like a hungry lion ready to devour whoever he can get his hands on. His filthy hands on. He wants to devour. He wants to what? Kill, steal, and what? Destroy. Sometimes we forget. We walk around like, no, Jesus loves me. Yes, he does. And the devil's out there gunning for you every single day. I'm gunning for him. I'm going to get Kevin. I can't stand Kevin. He's always telling people about Jesus. You know, he's telling people about, you know, they're sons of the most high God. And he's telling people that they can walk into Taco Bell and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit falls. That's not right. I'm just, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. You know, I'm going to, every day. But greater is he who is with me than those who are against me. Lord Jesus. John 11, verse 38. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But the Lord said, Martha, but the Lord, but Lord said Martha, the sister of the dead man. By this time, there is a bad odor. For he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Verse 41, so they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, this is the red letters. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Are you guys paying attention this morning? Do you notice that Jesus didn't say, Father, please, I'm asking you for a miracle. Right now, God, when I cry out, I want this dead man to be raised. Which if somebody did that now, it'd be a miracle. We'd be like, whoa, praise God. That person doesn't know who he is. Jesus knew who he was. He knew exactly who he was. Jesus said, Father, thank you. Why? Because he had already prayed. <laughs> he had already prayed. You know why? Because he's always praying. You can always pray. You don't, you don't have to be like, oh, Father God. Cutting your lawnmower. God, I just thank you, man. You're so awesome. This, man, Lord, you know what? I hope this pollen doesn't mess up my nose. It's already, oh, Jesus, help me. You know? But he was already praying. How do I know that? Oh, Pastor Kevin, you're just adding words into the Bible. Really? Because it says, Father, I thank you that you what? Have heard me. Pretty sure that means like praying. Maybe I'm just different. I knew that you always hear me. This is verse 42. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent 
me. This is a son who knows who he is, who has been called by his father, who has been sent on a mission, and he doesn't have to beg because he knows who sent him. If you know who sent you, if you know who's sending you, if you know who put you in this situation, then you know who is behind you. Right? Remember our story? If you're coming to get 1,500 cows, you're coming confident because you know who sent you. Hey, here's my ring, my signet ring. Look at my robe. My father sent me. Jesus did the same thing. Lord, I thank you. And I'm only saying this out loud so that they could hear me talk about you. But I thank you because you always are listening to me. You always hear me. And when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. A son who knows his identity, who knows who he is, that knows that he walks with the authority of the almighty one. That's a son. So if you're taking notes, the first one was your father in heaven. The second one was sonship. The third one is everything is ministry. This is the last one. Everything is ministry. Listen, don't wait till you go get ordained and don't start getting Bible classes and and don't start. um, Well, let me rephrase that. You don't have to start. I'm not discouraging you to go read the Bible or start a Bible college or go to seminary. I'm not discouraging you. What I'm saying is you don't have to wait. Peter, just a fisherman, casting out his line. Yeah, man, we're going to catch some fish. Nah, bro, I haven't caught nothing. I haven't got nothing. No way. Really? Yes, really, Simon. I haven't caught, you know, Andrew's like, oh, man, calm down, bro. Calm down. It's just a question. No, I haven't caught nothing. Jesus walks into the scene. Hey, guys, you mind uh, throwing the net out here? Lord, I, I don't, listen, we, we've already been casting all day. All right, leave this to the professionals. We're professional. Jesus is like, oh, that's cute. Cast out your net. All of a sudden, all these fishermen, because it had to be more than two, right? Anybody believe that? Like, it has to be more than two. I mean, it said that the catch was so big that the nets are busting open, right? So there has to be more than two fishermen. I mean, it was a local you know, like bay, I kind of, you know, that's what I kind of picture, like a local little bay where they're all fishing and then they're all, it's like a port. So there had to be more than two. And they're just carrying this fish. Oh, my God. Yo, 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 John, can you help me over here? Yeah, 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 man. Oh, my gosh. Joseph, come over here, bro. Oh, my God. You know, they're, 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 they're hauling in this huge catch. And the first thing Peter says is, he doesn't say, wow, look at this catch, dude. Oh, my God. This is amazing. What did he say? Lord. Why? Because he was the professional. He knew that wasn't possible. He knew I've been fishing there all day. There is no way. I've been using the right bait. I've been using the right net. I've been using the right techniques on the way how we move on the water. There's no way. So this has to be the Lord. But what I love about Peter is that even though there's probably a bunch of people pulling in that net, there's only two that follow Jesus. Andrew, Simon, Peter. On that occasion. Andrew and Simon, Peter. 
see because God is here and he's willing, but you have to say yes. You have to be willing. You have to say yes. Andrew and Peter, they're professional, and they said, yes, okay, Lord, we'll go. <laughs> I love this. You have to put your ego down, your pride down. I'm a professional. I don't, I don't care. Got to put that stuff down at the feet of Jesus. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase this story. It's found in Luke 24, verses 10 through 40, but I'm just going to paraphrase it for you guys. I'm going to give you the Kevin version. Uh, I love the Kevin version. I'm sorry. But uh, So what happens is there's these two disciples, and they're walking, two followers of Jesus. They're walking, and, and they're going, and then all of a sudden Jesus meets them in the, in, in the street or in the, in the road, on the road. This is after Jesus had been crucified and he's already been uh, lifted up and he, uh, raised from the dead. And so Jesus is raised from the dead and, and the women have already seen him, right? And so, and so here he goes all of a sudden and he, he starts to walk. He starts to walk with these disciples. They're downcast. He's like, hey, man, what's going on, guys? You look sad. Oh, you must be the only Jew that doesn't know what happened here. There was this man and we hoped that he would be the Messiah. We hoped. And so they're walking and they're walking. Hmm, that's crazy, really. Oh, I did not know that. Hmm. So they get there and he, they're like, hey, uh, do us a favor. It's getting late. Stay with us. Stay with us in our, you know, our little inn. Just stay with us. It's getting late. Stay with us. So they're like, okay, no problem. So Jesus is like, all right, all right, I'll stay with you. And so it says that he sits down. And then he starts speaking to them, and their minds are opened up, and he starts telling them from long ago, from the prophets to the Psalms to David, and he starts going through it. Boom, 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 this, 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 this. And it says that he immediately, they're like, oh, it's Jesus, but then he disappeared. Now, this is what I love. Remember that it was already dark. Remember that they said, hey, we should go in now because it's getting late. But they did not wait. Everybody say they did not wait. Nice and loud. They did not wait. They did not wait. They just went. It says that they got ready, they got up, and they went to go tell the other disciples. They went right back to Jerusalem, middle of the night, or at least close to it. Because they couldn't help but to be so excited for the gospel that Jesus is the Messiah, and he is Lord, and he is risen, I have to go tell somebody. I have to tell my brothers and sisters, we got to go now. I don't care how dark it is. I don't care what time it is. I got to go now. Why? Because now they're realizing, they're realizing who is Jesus. And if Jesus is with me, then nobody can be against me. So even if we walk at night, even if we meet bandits, it doesn't matter. We got to go now. That was Luke 24, 10 through 40. I encourage you to read it. I think 32 and 33 is where he talks about that, where they get up and go. And so my last point to you is that everything is ministry. You going to Walmart, you going to Chick-fil-A, you going to, you know, they call it God's chicken. I, you know, I don't know. But when I go to Popeye's, it seems like, you know, Chick-fil-A is God's chicken. So... Um, <laughs> It's just different, guys. I'm like, they're like, oh, my God, have a great day. You're so awesome. You know, you're amazing. I go to Popeye's and they're like, what you want? Be quick. 
What do you want? I'm, like, oh, I'm just trying to like, oh, no, get out of line. Get out, get, get out of line. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. I'm just being <laughs> funny. Uh, sometimes it does. But, um, <laughs> but everything is ministry. Listen, I'm here to tell you, we're about to end. If I can get Allison up here, we're about to end. But I'm here to tell you this morning that you are a pastor, that you are a leader, that you are a worship leader, that you are a worship pastor, that you are a children's pastor, that you are who you are. You are even better than all of that put together. You know what you are? Son and daughter of the Most High God. The son and daughter. That title will always trump any other title that you think you want or you think you may have or you think you may, you know, one day you're working towards. It trumps everything else. Oh, well, I'm a lead pastor. Good for you. That's cute. That's cute, Pastor Kevin. Oh, that's cute. I'm a son and daughter of the Most High God. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. And everything you do is ministry. Do not make this mistake and think that, oh, I need to change jobs so that I can, like, minister more. You know, that's what I should do. That's what I should do. Oh, you know what? I should go to, like, ministry school or, you know, I don't. Everything and everywhere you go is ministry. Me and Pastor Chris, we weren't planning to minister that day. And this is important. Please listen to me. I know it's getting late, but listen. Keep listening to me. This is very important. When I say ministry, I do not mean, oh, hello, what's your name? So-and-so, okay. Ginny uh, Jane, okay. Ginny uh, Jane, like, would you like to come to church? There's nothing wrong with that. Don't hear what I'm not saying. There's nothing wrong with that. But when I say ministry, I mean the love of God. I mean, hey, I see you, um, I see you walking. Do you, are you okay? I just felt in my spirit. Now, again, the Holy Spirit of God lives in you. Use your discernment. Use the Spirit. But if He pushes you, if He nudges you, hey, you need to give her a ride. You know what you do? You give her a ride. I'm so glad I was in the in the area. I'm just, you know, you're you're amazing. You're awesome. You have an okay day? No. Oh man, that's. Listen, it's gonna get better, honey. It's gonna get better. I promise you. I. I it's gonna get better. You're amazing. You're awesome. And God loves you. Is this your stop? Okay, here you go. God bless you. Have an amazing day. I didn't ask her to accept Jesus. I didn't tell her to come to the gathering place. I didn't tell her, well, if you just fill out this connection point real quick. I, nothing wrong with that. I do believe in that because we get to actually reach out to you guys. I love that. If you come to church, I love that. Please do that. I want to write you guys a letter and, and talk to you. Um, but I didn't do any of that in my scenario. I just shared the love of Jesus with them. The good news is the good news for a reason that it brings life and freedom, not shackles and chains. And again, I'm not saying don't invite people to church. I want you to do that when you have a relationship with them, once you've done life with them. Once you've shared Jesus, and I mean Jesus, but love. I mean love. Once you've been loving on them. You know what I believe? in sharing the gospel, and I know I'm different and probably, you know, oh, Pastor Kevin's weird. I believe that I can love on somebody so much and not even say anything about church and God. And I believe that I can love them so fiercely that eventually they turn around and say, bro, what? Dude, all right. 
what's up, man? Like, what's the deal? Like, why are you always like this? Or why are you always like that? Or why even in the, like, worst times when you should be angry punching people, you're, like, keeping your head. Like, dude, what's your secret? Like, you take pills, medicine? No, it's called Jesus. Hey, listen, man, I, I used to take drugs and medicine, and I used to, you know, do this, and I used to self-medicate, but it, it never was enough. And then I met Jesus, and he changed my life forever. And listen, man, that's all it is. And let me tell you, man, if you, I mean, you know, if you want, you can come with me to church, but you ain't got to. And I firmly believe that they'll ask you when you're being Jesus, when you're living like Jesus, they'll ask you. Hey, you go to church around here? Yeah, yeah, it's a church right here called The Gathering. But what you don't do is, hey, let me give you a ride. All right, listen, now that you're buckled up and you're trapped here in my car for the next uh, five minutes, I'm going to tell you, okay? I'm going to tell you that sin leads to death and death to hell and hell the chains. And like, no, that's not the love of God. Do I believe there's a hell? Absolutely. I believe in the book of Revelation. I believe that the Bible is infallible. That's a big churchy word for absolute, perfect, and true. I believe in that. But I've tried that. And hell, you know, scaring people into loving Jesus, and that don't work. It'll work for a little bit, maybe. But that won't work. But teaching somebody how to fall in love with Jesus, that will take them their whole lives. Their whole life. Teaching somebody to fall in love with Jesus. That will take you your whole life. You want to know how to be a 50-year Christian, 60-year Christian? Fall in love with Jesus every single day. Every day, fall in love with Jesus. You go, you go ahead and stand to your feet. As we get ready to close, I'm going to... going to be praying and just going to be worshiping a little bit. If, if this morning, you know, you feel like this is your home, then I welcome you, encourage you to give. You can give online or at the door. If you're new here, please don't feel like you have to give. It's not about your money. It's about your heart. God just wants your heart. Start with that. And if you've been here and this is your home, but still haven't given him your heart, then give him your heart first before you ever give him any money. Give him your heart. But this morning, this morning I believe and I know that God wants to do something great. You know how I know? Because he brought all of you in here. So this morning, as we get ready to just kind of worship and pray, I just want you guys to start praying. And if you know your neighbor, like if you know them and you're comfortable with them, you're okay with them praying for you, I want you guys to just pray for each other. Uh, our, our prayer team's gonna be going out and our elders are gonna be going out as well just, and just praying for anybody that would like prayer. So this morning, what I'm saying is prayer's coming to you. And I'm saying that you will be the one praying because you're what? Sons and daughters. Because you have the Holy Spirit living in you. So this morning, we're just going to pray. And if you feel that nudge to pray for somebody next to you, just ask them politely if it's okay. And if it is, then pray for them. And if it's not, pray from a distance. 
But I'm going to tell you right now, Holy Spirit's going to have His way this morning. <laughs> oh, God, let's go before the Lord. Father, we thank you this morning. Father, I thank you so much for this time that you've given me, for just allowing me to be up here, God. For Thank you for my pastors and my elders. God, I thank you, Father. I thank you that you always hear me, God. I thank you that you always hear me, Father. I thank you for the miracles you're about to do. I thank you for the boldness you're stirring up in one another. I thank you for the fresh, fresh fire, God. God, I thank you that you're causing us to fall more in love with you, Jesus. Lord, this morning we take a step forward. We say yes to you, Jesus. We say yes to more fire, more anointing, more power, more authority. We say yes to stepping into who we are. We say yes to our calling of being sons and daughters. We say yes this morning. We say yes to go into our workplaces and live like you actually love us. Live like we're actually your children. We say yes, Lord. We say yes, God. Oh, Father, thank you. I've given everything you've given to me, God, to them. Father, I ask you that for the rest of this week, God, that they would be so annoyed with your Holy Spirit speaking to them in their ears, saying you're a son, you're a daughter, you're a son, and you're a daughter. Holy Spirit, would you just pester them, Holy <laughs> Holy Spirit, would you just overwhelm them with your love? Speak to them at night. Give them dreams and visions. Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit of God. Oh God, right now I ask that you would cause the mouth of your people that are in this place to open and to start thanking you and to start worshiping you. Father, would you put your anointing onto this place right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we invite you in. You've always been in here. Holy Spirit, thank you for being here. Jesus, thank you for being in the room. God, we just love you so much. start to pray for one another. God, I just bless these people. God, right now, I just call down right now, Father, your word says whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven and whatever we bind up on earth will be bound up in heaven. God, right now, I loose anointing God. I loose anointing God in the name of Jesus. I loose miracles right now in the name of Jesus. I loose supernatural provision right now in the name of Jesus. I loose peace that surpasses all understanding in the name of Jesus. I loose a renewed passion for your, for your things and for your word, Jesus. I loose it, God. God, I bind up anything that is not of you, Father. Anything, anything that is not of you, Father. I bind it up in the name of Jesus. 
God, depression has to go and anxiety has to go and false identity has to go and false humility has to go. God, anything that is not of you, Father, anything that's not a characteristic of sons and daughters, God, I bind it and I say to go right now in Jesus' name. And I ask that you would bind it in heaven, Father. God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you that you're listening right now. Father, I thank you that you're listening to us right now. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, God, I just thank you. Just worship you, Jesus. Oh, we just love you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I just bless your people right now, God. We just bless these people right now, God. God, right now, I just declare that they are the head and not the tail, that they are mighty warriors for your kingdom, that they are more than enough, that they are worthy, God. I declare it, that they are righteous by your blood, Jesus. I declare it right now in the name of Jesus. God, I speak life right now, God. I speak life into dead relationships. I speak life into dead bones. I speak life and life in abundance right now in the name of Jesus for dead dreams. I say come alive right now. Dead dreams, dead ideas, come alive right now in the name of Jesus. Dead passion, come alive right now in the name of Jesus. Right now in the name of Jesus. Right now, God. Dead job openings call you forth, come alive in the name of Jesus. Hmm. Right now, God, we call them to life in Jesus' name, God. Sickness. We cancel sickness in this place, God. Thank you, Father, that you've already heard us. Thank you that you're taking sickness from us. Thank you, God, that we can jump. Thank you that we can dance. Thank you that we are healthy. Thank you that we can see, God. Thank you that we can hear. Thank you that people can move their necks. God, I thank you. Thank you for cured backs, strong and healthy backs. God, we thank you. Thank you for no more migraines. God, we thank you. call him forth peace oh Jesus oh you're so worthy Jesus holy one holy one Jesus you who looked at me with love. Lord, I ask you and I thank you for the supernatural encounters that they will have. Father, my desire is that they would see you as well, that they would see you and experience you, Jesus, that they would see your eyes of mercy, Lord, and they would be undone, Jesus. They would be undone, Jesus. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Oh God, we thank you in this place. Oh, we just thank you in this place, Jesus.
Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you're opening ears right now, God, that you're restoring hearing right now, God, in the name of Jesus. God, you're restoring hearing in somebody's ear right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God. I thank you for renewed ears, renewed eyes. I thank you, God. Renew hands, God. Right now, Father, for those joint issues right now, I rebuke them in the name of Jesus. I thank you for healing. I thank you for healing. Mm, God, I speak life right now in the name of Jesus. God, for anybody with a bad knee right now, in the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit of the living God right now, touch the knees, God. Touch the lower backs, God, the neck area, God, right now. I thank you that you've heard me already, Lord. I thank you, Father, that it is by your power alone and in the name of Jesus Christ that all of them will be healed. God, I thank you for a renewed passion, renewed passion, renewed passion. Mm, let them come alive for you, God. Fire in the name of Jesus. God, I call forth fire in the name of Jesus. Spiritual fire in their bellies, God. I'm talking that passion, that want to read your word and be in your presence, God. Passion right now in the name of Jesus, Father. For all of those, God, who feel like they're dwindling, they feel like they're dying spiritually, they feel like they're cold, God, right now, God, in the name of Jesus, God. Power, God, through the Holy Spirit of God, right now in the name of Jesus. God, renew their spirits. God, I ask that you would electrify their spirits, that they would be more alive than ever, that they would be bubbly, God, in the inside, that they would be excited to share Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father, I just declare that. I declare that, God. I declare that, God. I just thank you, Father, that your hand is in this place, that your hand is with your sons and with your daughters right now. And as they go forth, God, that you would be with them in power, God. In power, God. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Your word says that we would receive the Holy Spirit. And then when we receive the Holy Spirit, it would show up with power. Holy Spirit, right now, just minister to them. I was just standing in the back, and I feel like God just said, y'all are standing by someone important. And a lot of them are your own families. And we can't be ashamed to pray for our own spouses, our own children. It, ministry starts at home. So if you're standing by your spouse, pray with them, pray for them. If you're standing by your children, pray for them. It all starts at home. It's what they see. It's what they feel. Your spouse, your children. And sometimes, you know, we get embarrassed as spouses, but that's where you practice. That's where the freedom is. When the love is there that we were talking about, that you can make that mistake or feel like you're not saying the right thing, but that's where the power is. So if you're standing by just anyone, it might just be, I don't know, a cousin or someone, whoever you're standing by, that is your ministry that is your ministry so just take that time right now to pray and there's not going to be the right words it just could be just i love you maybe i'm sorry 
it all just makes a difference. And I just saw that as I was standing in the back. Yes, amen. Come on, children of God, turn around to somebody, somebody you love, and just start praying for them. Come on, be bold. Be bold. Oh, Jesus. and we love you guys. We hope to see you next week. But if you're still praying, I encourage you just to continue to worship and pray over one another. And we love you guys. We will see you next week.